What tools in your D&D games have you used? Or have you? Uh, are we rolling? or Just cold open. Just, just you got something. Disguise Let, kit. I mean, yeah, I feel like disguise kits get used the most by pretty much any character on the planet. Yeah. But, like, um, I have played a character that has used cartography tools pretty pretty sickly, okay. pretty dopely. Yeah, yeah. I've done alchemy once. The one time. Yeah, well, and then did you a few times arm, so in... Like, Fuck that? Yeah. No, I was making acid. Someone else lost an arm. Oh, okay, phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Which was the point. So I think I successfully went out of my way to do it right. Very proud of you for that. Thank you. <laughs> It's a Mimic, the roundtable Dungeons & Dragons discussion, where you never know what you're going to get. Alright, hello and welcome to another episode in our conversation on classes. I'm your DM for the day, Kyle, and with me today are James and Megan. And this episode is called Monks, What Can't Their Fists Do? We've previously covered the Way of the Open Hand, Way of Four Elements, Way of the Shadow in our first Monk episode, which started off with a breakdown of the regular class features and level progression. In our second Monk episode, we went over the Ways of the Long Death, Drunken Master, and Kensei, as well as sections in Xanathar's Guide to Everything, which encouraged players to think about a Monk's Monastery, Icon, and Master. The last time we covered Monks, we went over the Ways of the Mercy, Astral Self, and Sun Soul, as well as the optional class features in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. You can find these episodes, as well as our other class episodes, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and dozens of other podcast apps. Or you can jump over to the YouTube and dig into the entire playlist on classes that we've built there. This episode of It's a Mimic Podcast returns with one more subclass, The Way of the Ascendant Dragon, and then looks at the often forgotten aspect of monastery life, crafting. In real life, many monks hone an art or a craft and focus their energies by dedicating themselves to a single, useful talent. Dungeons & Dragons addresses this practice in theory, but so few players really lean on this potentially powerful and defining aspect of their character. So this panel of Dungeon Masters is going to look into the different artisans' tools available and offer some insights into what's useful and what unique ways there are to capitalize on this aspect of the game. As for Dungeon Masters, there are definitely aspects of the game that you either have forgotten about, ignored, or just never thought about. And maybe the existence of some of these tools and supplies might help open those up and get your creative juices flowing. I'm looking forward to finding out more about these parts of monastic life, but before we get started, James, Megan, what's one hidden craft or talent that you have that the listeners might not be familiar with? For me, my most hidden and obscure one would be crochet. Love that for you. Oh, all right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh. I got bored when my brother was playing soccer as a kid, and one of the old ladies there was crocheting, so I learned it. Interesting, interesting. Do you still do it? Not often. I have other hobbies and crafts I do now, but Mm. it's something I do know how to do. All right. Um, I'm I'm a collector of hobbies. I do a lot of everything, but I'm not really excellent at yeah. one thing. Um, but I guess it's hard to say because, like, most of the listeners already know that I'm an artist. I do art. I'm a painter. I do karate. I'm a black belt. All right. So I guess that I am basically a monk that paints. Yeah. 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 That's, my, that's me in real life. All right. That fits. Yeah. What about you, though? Uh, I can cook. So. Actually? Like, yeah. cook oh, yeah. well like, or, or cook? Like, or yeah, you... no, I can cook 
well. Okay. You need to prove that yeah. next time you're DMing for us. Yeah, you need to make bring something us <laughs> Otherwise, I don't believe you. Yeah. Uh, no, you're supposed to bring me food if I'm DMing so that I... But you said you can you. cook, so I can, now yes. I need to prove this. Yeah, right. no, it needs to be proven. Okay. And tested. What's the favorite, what's the what's the best thing you've ever made? Oh, if I'm going to do like a party food, yeah. I have uh, these southern style deviled eggs that I make with like thick cut bacon and like Cajun pepper and so they're like kind of spicy and then topped with pickled okra. Mm. Fucking good. See, I'm not big on eggs, so. All right. Well, I also make a uh, stuffed giant shell pasta with uh, spinach, some ricotta, you know. Yeah, I can fuck with yeah. some, some pasta. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Throw it down. Next time. All right. <laughs> You're bringing me pasta. <laughs> <laughs> so just before we get into the nitty gritty of all the tools, uh, I just want to give a quick recap of the month class features uh, for those not in the know. But feel free to skip ahead if you've already got a comfortable grasp on the class. To start, the monk has a D8 hit dice. For proficiencies, they get none for armor, simple weapons and short swords for weapons, and their choice of artisan tools or a musical instrument. Saving throws are for strength and dex, and they can choose two skills between acrobatics, athletics, history, insight, religion, and stealth. At first level, they get unarmored defense and martial arts. At second level, they get Kai points that they can use to perform special maneuvers. Key points. <laughs> I, have, I have this argument in my actual D&D group. And I think Kai points sounds better, but apparently... It's key points. It's key, key points. points. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It's not even an argument. You're just saying it wrong. Yeah, you just say the word. Wrong. <laughs> I I say words wrong all the time and get called out for it. 100%. So I feel uniquely yeah. qualified to call same, you out same. here. <laughs> but you can. It's not going to change anything. You're wrong. You are, oh, as long as you okay. know I'm, you're wrong, I am. Okay I'm happy with, with that. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel good inside when wrong? people get angry at me being wrong. But mm, you know, they're just that little you. petty, vengeful demon that lives in my soul. Fair. And it makes people mad, but Kai won't. All right. I'll let the internet take it. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever makes him cry can get a dice or something. Yeah, you let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I feed on your booze. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just sounds like you're an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, on top of those points that I won't mention again... Uh, <laughs> You also get the unarmored movement ability, allowing you to move faster. At level 3, they get, get to choose their subclass and gain deflect missiles. Level 4 gets you your first ability, ability score improvement, which are followed at level 8, 12, 16, and 19, and slow fall. Level 5 gets you an extra attack and stunning strike, another of those point-based attacks. At level 6, you get Kai-empowered strikes. Key empowered strikes. Key empowered strikes. Now, now it's fucking up in my mind. I can't remember which way to say it. Uh, making your fist count as magical weapons. Evasion and stillness of mind at level seven. Purity of body at level ten. Tongue of the sun and the moon at level thirteen. Diamond soul at fourteen. Timeless body at fifteen. Empty body at eighteen. And finally, level twenty gets you perfect self. So, which one of you, lovely folks? is covering the subclass. That would be me. Megan, take us away. Talk about the Ascendant Dragon. That's what I'm going to call it. It's not like I'm saying Kai points. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So basically, um, I love covering this because I'm actually playing a monk right now that is an Ascendant Dragon. It's what I picked. Uh, it's, it comes from Fisbin's Treasury of Dragons. So I feel like that fits thematically yeah. where it mm -hmm. comes from, right? So the whole concept is the idea that your monk is emulating the powers of a dragon. You're connected to dragons. You worship a dragon. There's a bunch of reasons why dragons would be involved in your monkish life. But the whole concept is that you're starting to absorb their strength and their capabilities. And you utilize it to increase your, only your own strength. Also, sorry, their own strength and your attack capabilities. But it also increases and aids in giving support to the characters on your team. So it's kind of like that weird monk that's not just a fight, 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 hit, hit, hit. They do get a lot of like support capabilities. Nice. Right, so it's nice to see another support class. Yeah, don't get me wrong, they still hit. Yeah. But they, you know, that's just what they do. So some of the things that they get, at third level you get um, Dragon Disciple, which in short gives you the ability to kind of like channel your dragon type in, in your unarmed strikes. So it, the book doesn't quite specify necessarily that you're supposed to pick one and stick to it. But basically what this is, is it allows you to... Um, uh, when you hit something with your unarmed strike, you can actually change the damage to acid, cold, fire, lightning, or poison damage. So in my mind, whatever your dragon that you worship yeah. or connected to should be the type of magic you're capable of doing. That makes sense to me. However, mm -hmm. the book does not specify that you choose one and stick to it. It just says you can unarmed strike and hit with X, Y, and Z damage options. So I don't know if you guys, but me as a DM, I would force it that you pick one and you stick to it because that's your dragon. Either pick Unless one. it's Tiamat that you're fucking worshipping and then like Yeah, I one a day. You can change it on your long rest, Ooh, maybe. If I was gonna give them multiple on changing your long rest, but I feel like it's too much to change every single attack. Because if you're yeah. fighting a bunch of ice monsters, well I'm gonna switch to fire. Well now a bunch of fire monsters roll in, all your attacks should be fire based, so they should do less damage. But yeah. now you can switch it to ice or water based. Seems Giving you an advantage over the rest of your party. Yeah. They can't switch out their ability instantly, so... Fair enough. At least make it once a day, or just one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, getting stuck with one, though, for your entire time, like, you'd just be useless against some monsters. Uh, yeah, and that happened to my character, because I yeah. played it, I'm playing it where I'm only doing the one. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was very, very much not helpful. But, like, you're still punching. The damage is still... The number yeah. is still the same. Um, but, yeah, I ended up picking one... And, uh, yeah, I was shitty against what we were fighting against, but I can still punch it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the damage is the same. You're just not using your dragon. Yeah, it's not getting the extra oomph. Right? You're, you're not getting the, the extra pizzazz, shall we say. Um, so that's your strike. Uh, you also get your dragon's presence, which allows you to re-roll a charisma, intimidation, or persuasion check as you kind of tap into your dragon energies. And once it turns a failure into its success, that's when it is expended. And then oh, okay. once it's expended, then you can't do it again for another long rest. So it's one of those things where you can keep trying until you until actually it land it, right? And this is at third level. It seems pretty simple and basic. Yeah. It's like a cute little thing that you're like, oh, no, I actually convinced you or scared the shit out of you. Yeah. Right? It's um, nice that you can keep going until you fail. Yeah, you're not burning it for hope. Yeah. Yeah. It's not That's a, nice, yeah. yeah. Hope is not a plan, you know what I mean? Um, at third level, you also get your Tongue of Dragons, which basically means you learn Draconic, yay, but also you get to learn one other language. Okay. So what's really cool oh. about these ones is by the time you get to third level, technically at the lowest, you would probably know about four languages. Yeah. Which is pretty dope. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's pretty good. So it's not something you really consider unless your campaign really digs into the use of languages. Even then, being able to pick a second, third, whatever language at level three 
is mm-hmm. way more useful than having that extra language at the very beginning of character creation. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're encountering. But by level three, you've encountered several races you can't speak with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it would be convenient if you did know what they were saying behind your back. Yeah. Well, now you can pick that up as the party. Yeah. You Fair can care. kind of see where the campaign is going. Yeah. And so you can kind of adjust as you go. Yeah. Um, you also get Breath of the Dragons. So this is where picking your damage type might become a little contentious with your whoever your player is, but... Basically, you get a breath attack. So it becomes either a 20-foot cone or a 30-foot line that's 5 feet wide, and you choose the damage type. In my mind, again, for me, it was based on my dragon. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a deck saving throw against my key save DC. Uh, (laughs) It's going to act superior the whole time. (laughs) It's going to look so smug every time I say it. Uh, And take equal to two rolls of your martial arts die, which is your D8 or what have you. Mm. Um, And then it's half damage on a save. So... Again, this is probably the one because it is an elemental. It's different if you if it sucks, it's, it's still not you know like you're gonna want to choose the right element yeah. kind of thing. So this is like a dragonborn's breath weapon. Absolutely, you That's pick like the wrong dragonborn, version. you're SOL. Yeah, um, at eleventh <clears throat> level, it does increase to three dice rolls, so it does increase over time. Too. Okay. So yeah, and then this ability can be used as many times up to your proficiency bonus. So by the time you're level. Uh, four, five. What? Is, then you get. You're gonna be at like four uses of this sucker. Yeah, it's not bad. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, which is pretty great. It's a nice control weapon too, like a crowd control weapon. Mm. Yeah. Again, very very damages, but like more like just support. You're just yeah. hanging out a little bit more of a distance. I like it because you don't have to get like right up and close as a monk. Sometimes I'm tired of just running up at things and punching it. Sometimes I like to hit things at a distance, you know what I mean? Adam hates it because I throw my weapons all the time. Oh, He's nice. like, Megan, you're a monk. Go up and punch it. I'm like, no, I want to throw my sword. Fair. Uh, <laughs> Taste these darts, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have darts. Yeah. <laughs> I think the monk starts with darts, too. Oh, yeah. I believe darts so, yeah. Darts or daggers yeah. Love it. Um, and then this is regained on a long rest, or you can spend two key points to use it. So if you've overexpended, you can actually use your key Okay, that's nice. Yeah. Most of the, these monks' abilities has that as an option. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to sorcerers. Yeah, exactly. Where you can burn mm-hmm. points or spell slots to get points. Yeah, you can. That's your that's your resource management yeah. for your energies, right? Um, at level six, you get wings unfurled. For this is when you basically, when you use steps of the wind, uh, you have dragon wings appear on your back, and you have a fly speed equal to your walking speed. Okay. So mm-hmm. you can fly. Nice. At level six. That's not bad. As a monk. Yeah. I'm stoked. Yeah. And if it's equal to your walking speed, monks can get pretty broken walking speeds yep. to begin with. Yeah. And now you have a fly oh, speed. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Now think about how Adam gave his group two feats. Oh, poor Adam. <laughs> well, actually, poor you guys, because he'll get you back. Oh, 100%. He'll figure a way to fuck us over. Oh, yeah. Wait, how long does the fly speed last for? Uh, one hour. All right. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Right? That's equal to your walking speed. So yeah. if you get hasted, I'm assuming your flight speed has now also been hasted. Yeah. Since it's your walking speed. Mm. Your walking speed gets from 40 to 45 to 90. Now your flight speed's 90. Yeah. If you have boots of the wind, you can add another 45 to that. Actually, depending on how you can, DMs calculate that too. But that's a different story. Just imagining you like... The, like wings popping out, yeah. and then you just like fucking like Goku, like yeah. fists just straight. Just a pure right in front <laughs> of us. <Run! them. laughs> 
this is what we call Amongst Wrath. Um, all right, moving on. So at 11th level, you get Aspects of the Worm. So you are now basically remanating your dragon energy. So as a bonus action, you can increase that radiant power to a 10-foot radius around you. So it's kind of like an aura for one minute. while you are, And then while you are in this aura, you gain two things. You get Frightful Presence, which of course is a as a bonus action, choosing someone in the aura to make a wisdom saving throw, or uh, and on a fail, they are frightened of you for one minute. You also get resistance, so you get to choose a damage type and be resistant to it. This also extends to allies who are in the or in your aura. So you're going super saiyan. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I would like you. I would like. I would like the audience to know that my character that I built is based off a Dragon Ball Z character. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been highly disappointed if it wasn't. She is actually built as... I don't even fucking hate this. But she's actually built as Vegeta's daughter. Nice. Because one of my friends played uh, Trunks in another yeah. campaign. And so they, the two of us are technically in Adam's campaign. Yeah. Adam doesn't know that. Oh, poor Adam. <laughs> you need to convince every other player when they die to bring another Dragon Ball character in. I know, right? Uh, Dan would totally be all over that. I think him and I nerd over it all the time. But um, uh, she worships the green dragon, by the way. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one is, as always, uh, regained after a long rest, and it is a three key point uh, to expend if you want to do it once you've exhausted your uses. Um, at 17th level, you get the Ascendant Aspect. Uh, you are now one with the dragon, and you gain Augment Breath. Uh, so it's when you use your dragon breath, you can change its shape and power with with your key points such as basically increasing the distance up to 60 foot cone or a 90 foot line and can be four rolls of your martial dice a so, big so it's like a, yeah yeah so you you have an actual dragon spread yeah yeah uh you also get blind sight which means that even if you are blinded or there is an invisible creature in front of you you can actually see them within 10 feet or anything that is is not behind total cover. So basically, you can just within ten. It, and honestly, ten feet's not that long. I was it's kind of not, but by it's this. a monk too. Yeah, you're gonna be so up and close to whatever. You're gonna be up and close, and you're gonna be moving quickly through an area. So if you're running down the hallway, and all of a sudden these markers essentially pop up on either side of you, you know there's invisible enemies to tell the party about. Yeah, mm. absolutely, right. So then that's that's the support aspect, yeah. right? You're the one that can see and manage the battlefield for them, right? Yeah. You have so, the giant cone to control areas. You have resistance with your aura to a damage type, so you could call attacks right on you for invisible enemies. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then, like, yeah, because you can put um, the aura extends to your allies. Yeah. So basically, you could just like run beside an ally and then hold them for resistance to some kind of damage, and then yeah. you kind of keep people alive for a little bit longer, right? Yeah. All right, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Or you could like, no, no, never mind. I was thinking you like walk side by side, and then everybody has blind vision, but it's only for the monk. It doesn't keep going yeah yeah no so yeah 10 feet 10 feet only uh and then the last thing is your explosive fury uh so when you use your aspect of the worm you can choose any number of creatures in the aura who must succeed on a deck saving or take 3d10 of your choice of damage type so Damn. basically that's your rage internal explosion yeah mm -hmm. that's pretty badass that's actually a lot of power yeah uh, and but it's at right? 17th level, though. Yeah, so it's, it's your not like capstone. It's, it's not overpowered, and no. a lot of the times you're not going to play a campaign to get to that point. No. no. But, like, it's, it's, I think it's a pretty cool little, again, caps it off for the Dragon Ball Z aspect. Yep. That's your power up. That's your spear bomb. Like, that's yep. your kerfuckery nonsense. But, yeah. Don't shake your head at us, Kyle. Are you on the Dragon Ball Are you not on the Dragon Ball uh, No, I never watched it when I was a kid. Oh, my God. So, uh, get your shit together. I'm New sorry. Dragon Ball Super movie coming out, by the way. I saw that. I yeah. Ha I haven't still. watched Super yet. Watch it. I know. It's good shit. 
<laughs> Anyways, that is uh, the Way of the Ascended Dragon for the, the new Monk subclass. All right, that's pretty cool. I mean, honestly, there's nothing I don't like about that. Right? Yeah. It's simple enough. It's not overpowered in my mind in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Adds a hell of a lot of flavor. Yeah. And then again, playing with damage types, playing with a little bit of like map, like helping out your 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 pals on the map a little bit. You're not just something running up and punching something in the face. Yeah. I think it gives a little bit more. A little more. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So do you imagine that there's like different monasteries related to different dragons? So there'll be like a black dragon monastery. There'll be like a green dragon monastery. That's is... how I... Like, like cults, probably. Yeah. In my mind. There would be more of that. Yeah. I imagine them as dragon cults, but they're just not bad. So we get to call them monasteries. Yeah. yeah. Like, could you imagine like a little cult of like kobolds? That yeah. are just way of the ascendant monks. Hundred percent. Absolutely. <laughs> That's all I want to see in my life. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole squad of kobolds, all one color, worshiping the opposite color. Oh yeah. So they're all red kobolds worshiping a gold dragon. Ooh, hoo, 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 hoo. I would love it. And they're just at war with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. Oh, constantly trying to figure out who's the best dragon. Yeah. 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 They hold tournaments to fight all the together. Oh, it's not fighting. It's through yeah. their crafts. So each one will bring oh. forth a painter, and whoever paints the best, they're obviously Take their dragon off. taught them. More. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It seems to me that they'd be like all about fighting. Right? I, I guess it would depend on the dragon, though, because if you then if you go to like the non-chromatic dragons and you swap into the metallic ones that are more about crafts, storytelling, collection, mm-hmm. treasury. Those are going to be the ones that are going to be battling off with, like, the arts. They're going to have, like, the rewards will be some, like, beautiful artifact. Like, they're yeah. going to be more on that tune. But All then right. if you go into the chromatics, then you're definitely going to have, like, your red dragon fight your blue mm-hmm. dragon. Like, yeah. that kind of nonsense. I mean, my really. thought was they would fight internally to keep their sex secrets in their own place. But they fight with arts between the tribes because that makes them not evil. Because they're not weighing, having war between each other and destroying lands. They're yeah. Yeah. putting on competitions, beautifying an area, strengthening a city. Yeah. Oh, and then you can see, like, if you, as, like, a, like a player, you come across these cults. Yeah. Or, like, you know. You see them as cults because yeah. you're used to evil dragon cults. Yeah. Mm. But then, but at the same time, then, if you have a skill that would be, like, and you're trying to get the mm-hmm. dragon on your side and you have a skill that these little monks are after that would be a really good like role-playing yeah. different kind of encounter to utilize for your players to be involved in that's not just kill the kobolds make friends with the dragon it's, yeah, yeah it's engage with these kobolds participate in the activity that they're asking you to participate in win over the favor of your kobolds and then you get your presence with your dragon yeah. it's a different way to like approach mm-hmm. anyway i just feel it's really cool yeah yeah all right uh well let's get into some arguments let's roll initiative I rolled a three. I got an 11. 12, so I have to answer my own question. Phenomenal. Uh, What stats, race, background clearly synergize well with this build? So for races, I went, Cobalt was my first one. Yeah. Because, I mean, come on, how do you not see a little dragon look up and admire a dragon so much and they just want to be them, Mm -hmm. right? I imagine all of the kind of like small races that really, or any of the races that mm, value power. Yeah over anything else will go into this. So I imagine like kobolds, goblins, wanty, drow, maybe orcs even too. Yep. But uh, for backgrounds, I would say folk hero, outlander, urchin. I don't know. There's not a whole lot of 
variation for monks for background that really fits. Or... You can always do like the weird like musician y ones. And, yeah, like, or the, the crafter the based ones. ones. Like that kind That's of what shit. I would have gone with. Yeah, yeah alright. Yeah. That's true. Um, alright. Who was next? Uh, me. I would have said Kenku. Because they can't fly, and you can achieve flight through the dragon. Oh so my that'd God. be their motivation. Your Kanku's amazing. Like, I just really want to learn yeah, how to just, fly. All he wants to do is learn how to fly, uh, but he can't. It's like so the flying penguin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Background, probably some kind of crafter type, especially being a Kanku. Dope. Probably some instrument crafting, because he can make the sounds as if he can talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I would have gone with. Oh, I, you guys are way too creative on this one. In my mind, just go with an elf or a half-elf. Yeah. Because they're the ones that live long enough to really understand and respect a dragon. Dragons, yeah. Right? Like, don't get me wrong. It, it, I do like the idea of the fact that humans and other kobolds and things that don't live as long and are flippant, they're worshipping this dragon for a purpose because they think it's going to give them an ultimate power. But it's going to be those ones that live longer that know that it takes that amount of time to gain the specific amount of power. I think it just adds a little added level of respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact fair. that you're worshipping a dragon. All right. Too I, creative. Just, yeah. you, just do an elf. <laughs> drow, though, is dope. That was a good idea. Yeah. I would do a drow. Drow would be cool. Yeah, edgelord dragon worshipper. Absolutely. Yeah, all right. Throw down. <laughs> In your opinion, what are the strengths of the class when it comes to role-playing the subclass? I mean, for me, it just, it has a lot of options. You can go a lot of different ways with it, right? Yeah. Like, you guys were clearly favoring the crafter kind of side of builds. Yeah. Right? You and can. Yeah. And depending on what dragon you want to go for, which one you really kind of admire the most. I Because they run the whole gamut of, you know, social aspects, right? So, yeah. I really like that. Decent support utility out of it. We have other support classes that don't have the utility to back themselves up in a fight, where mm-hmm. this one looks like it can take its fight on its own, but still support the rest of the party better than other classes. Yeah, I can see that. No, I, I like the idea that the type of dragon that you decide to worship dictates the personality that you would roleplay. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're worshipping a silver dragon, you're not going to be a... I'm going to kill and fight everything. You're probably going to be a little bit more holier than thou, shall we say. Yeah. So it's yeah. almost like if you're going to play one of these classes and you're going to go the route that I did where you're going to pick one dragon and that's the dragon that you worship and that's what I understand, that's my knowledge, that's my study, read about that style of dragon. Yeah. Please, for the love of God, and take a little bit of inspiration from it. Listen to our dragon episodes. There's so many creative ideas as to how there are dragons that exist within the D&D world and landscape. I think it's just, it's so imperative in my mind because it's so specific to dragon and dragon capabilities and powers that you understand the dragon that you are worshiping. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I really like the idea of whatever your personality is, is where you get sent in a monastery. Oh my God. So there'd be like a sorting hat kind of thing. The pickings. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Now I just want to build the Harry Potter dragon. I just want to build the place they operated, and that's it. I like how I just like slow moved and looked at James like, I really want to build it. I like it. (laughs) Uh, Are there any potential oversights or mechanical imbalances? The only thing that really got to me was I didn't like how they got more uses from a dragon breath weapon than dragonborns themselves. I mean, that got fixed in Fizzbands, but the original dragonborn only gets one per long rest. Yeah. Right? And this but this one... is also from Fizzbands, so it's kind of like they, I feel like they had to like connect the two. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. But 
Uh, for me, nothing really major, but it's the issue that we're seeing with the new content as a, compared to the old content. The old content is starting to lose its teeth. Mm -hmm. They're not as strong. They don't have as many useful power-ups. Or when they get their power back, it's not as balanced compared to what's out now. Yeah. I don't really think there's anything mainly overpowering no. numbers-wise. Mm. I actually find it to be a little bit weak. Like it meant like sometimes when I'm looking at some of these numbers and dice rolls, like what is what is it? Three D ten when you're a level seventeen. Like at that, like the level seventeen abilities for a lot of classes will get you like what six D whatever, yeah. Like eight D whatever. Hit to it. Yeah. Like this doesn't really pack a <laughs> a lot of punch in <laughs> my mind. Haha. <laughs> Um, but I mean, to be fair, you're going to be using a hell of a lot of your other abilities at the same time. It's not just this one ability yeah, that you're going for. It's not your for. big ability. It's kind of yeah. support yeah. Once as the class is kind of seems to be geared. Yeah. More of that support and like management yeah. and X, Y, Z. But like, I don't know. I would, I would want something, don't get me wrong. Being able to fly is pretty badass, but like, I don't know. Mm. I want to be able to throw a spirit bomb. Let's put it that way. Fair. Yeah. All right. There's no one, like, big solid punch. I mean, you can do lots of area effect spells. It's almost like sorceress kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It's not like a, I punch this and it dies. Yeah. Which would mm. be really cool. That'd be nice. Like one punch, man. Yeah. Like, just like... Yeah. <laughs> but you could grapple someone and then fly them up really high with and your... And pile drive them. Crazy fly speed, yeah. And then pile drive them or just drop them. I feel like, though, like... His, I... It would... Mm, I keep thinking, because I'm going back to, like, my actual personal character who's very small. Mm -hmm. And I'm just imagining Adam being like, you can't pick that up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, fuck you. I am a strong, independent woman. I can pick up anything I want. I know. Monks are pretty strong. They've got a pretty good carry weight. Yeah, but strength is not their main, like... Yeah. And then he would force you to grapple it, which is going to be a strength contested. And then, You like, have feats for that. That's what, but I, that's, <laughs> ideas, 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 ideas. You just take people flying. <laughs> Instant stud, fly above and drop them. I'm just Vegeta training the shit out of this. <laughs> 5,000 push-ups a day. Hmm. What are you gravity. playing for it? Sorry? What are you playing for it? I'm playing a half-elf. Okay. Yeah, half-elf. Yeah, she's a bitch. Jesus' daughter. Like. Yeah, she's legitimately. And so, like, I, I think that's the only reason why Dad accepts the fact that she's kind of a bitch. Is because I was like, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, 100% checks out. Hello, wonderful listeners of Podcast Land. This is a friendly reminder that if you want to head back into the dark and terrifying depths that is the It's a Mimic podcast, just to explore the hundreds of episodes that are filled with inspirations, opinions, and dirty-ass jokes, the best resources we offer are actually our YouTube page, which has everything broken out nicely into playlists. Also, our r slash It's a Mimic on Reddit, where the episode guide actually lives a quiet and unassuming life. And if there is a series that you think needs more episodes or a topic that you would like a deeper dive on or just a straight up update for, send us a message at info at itsamimic.com. After all, this is content for you. All right. So tools and tool proficiencies. How do they work, you ask? Well, proficiency with a tool allows you to add your proficiency bonus to the related check you were trying to make. Tools are not tied to a single ability score since they have multiple components and they can be used in different ways. For example, with the Smith's tools, you might make a dex check to engrave a fine detail on a suit of armor, but a strength one if you're going to reshape that armor. 
Xanathar's Guide to Everything gives excellent breakdowns of each tool and different ways to use them. Not just for players, but for DMs as well, trying to make tool proficiencies more attractive to their players. Either by giving them advantage on checks that use both a tool and an ability the players are proficient in, like if you're proficient in leather workers tools in history, you might get advantage to identify a leather item and where it might have come from. Or from added benefit, such as not making them perform an additional check to get more information. Say someone is proficient with the Smith's tools again and Arcana and does an Arcana check on a magic item. They might see that that item is cursed and also know how to remove that curse. Artistry has often been an important way of life for people in monasteries as a form of meditation or prayer. The first Bibles were written by monks spending painstaking hours to copy Bibles and fill them with illustration. Buddhist monks often make temporary mosaics out of colored sand as a form of meditation. And there are some monks who just love making alcohol too. So it seems fitting that it should carry over. So let me ask you guys, how often do you use tools and mundane items when you play D&D? Let's roll for initiative. All right. Five. Fifteen. No, also five. We have to roll off. All right. Five again. Fifteen. Your first one. Besides for thieves tools and probably disguise kit, rarely if ever. No. Yeah, not that often. I like having, like, it's one of those things where, like, when you're stuck in a pickle and you're sitting there being like, okay, well, I have a compass. Yeah. And they're just like, that doesn't help us, Megan. I'm like, I know, but I have it. I've got a pile of acid-making stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you give me, like, four hours, I might be able to brew us a beer, you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, like, again, it doesn't make them useless. I just, I don't know. As a player, it's it, it's one of those things where it's a nice to have. It's just not really a, my first go-to. No, it's one of the last things I look at, and most of the time it doesn't help in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I have tool proficiencies from a background generally, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, I'm like a storyline additive. Yeah. It's yeah. like, mm, yes, indeed, look at my monocle. <laughs> yeah. mm, yeah, so. <laughs> generally speaking, do you think artisan tools are an integral part of playing a monk? I, I, again, the background, I guess. Yeah. Like, it adds a little flavor to your character. Depends how you roleplay your character. Depends if you roleplay at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you roleplay and you have those nightly fireside chats, yeah, it's something for your character to be doing while they're talking. Yeah, like if you're a tinkerer cool. yeah, or Yeah, it lets you tinker around, make a painting, make an antidote, make an antitoxin. Like, you can do other things while you're talking. You're not just sitting there staring at your party talking all night. Yeah, mm. roleplaying-wise, it can give you, like, a reason to go when you're in town. Like, I'm going to go yeah. and find myself an alchemist. I'm going yeah, to go and find... Supplies. I need to go I find need, an herbalist. Yeah, I need a new book on this recipe I'm looking for. I just have an interest in this. And yeah. then as a DM, then you can lean into it and be like, okay, well, every time if every time you've gone to a town asking for an herbalist, eventually I'm going to give you something really dope. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I was thinking kind of along the same lines. It also gives your monk kind of something to do when you're in town and everybody else is going to the stores and doing random stuff, right? It gives you something to fill your downtime. Because, I mean, how else do monks fill their downtime? Uh, fighting. Yeah, so you just go to, like, a pit fighter. Yeah, you know, pit, pit fighting. Yeah, all the time, meditating. wherever you are. <laughs> you know. You're in the middle of the wilderness, there's a pit fight behind the tree. <laughs> Be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Drop it, fight a few bears. Let me get on my darts. Let <laughs> me get my cartography tools. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make the best fucking map. Yeah, you're gonna fucking love this map. Yeah. <laughs> All right, commercial. 
Uh, well, welcome back, everybody. We're going to roll initiative to see who gets to go over their artisan tools first. So, you know. 18. 20. Holy fuck, oh, my guy. 10. Congratulations. Thank you. Should I just do my whole list? Uh, no, we're going to go in sets of three. Yeah, so it goes like, yeah, Arson's tool. One, two, three. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I have alchemist supplies. So what's included with alchemist supplies are two glass beakers, metal frame to hold the beakers in place. Very from specific. falling over. <laughs> yeah. Very specific. An open flame. I'm assuming it gives me a Bunsen burner and they're not just giving you an open flame. That's what I think. Yeah, it's going to be like the wire frame itself has the ability yeah, to be a Bunsen burner. Yeah, Bunsen burner is yeah. my assumption, yeah, but yeah. it just, just says open flame, so... Yeah. Uh, you get a He's glass. Just constantly on fire all the time. <laughs> a single flame. It's in your bag. Yeah. One flame, you get to put it away, turn up the heat on you it. You put your hand in your bag. Every time. Turn it down. Son of a bitch. Yeah, anyways, go on. <laughs> you get a small mortar and pestle, a uh, pouch that contains your alchemist ingredients, which includes salt, powdered iron, and purified water. Yeah. So, extra source of water, I guess. Great. Mm. Uh, you get advantages toward alchemy checks that involve potions and investigation checks to tell what was inside a previously used potion bottle. Cool. You can create acid, alchemist fire, antitoxin, oil, perfume, and soap. Uh, one benefit of this is uh, help you give it more crowd control besides spell use, such as making vials of acid and throwing them in areas to make the ground harder to pass through. Mm. This could be like the whole, like, throw the oil on the ground. Yeah. Like, the oil slick. Yeah, got right? the oil slick. You can light on fire. There's a little firewall there for no spell cost, which is kind of nice. Spray someone with some perfume to give them, like, a, an advantage on, like, a like charisma a checks. nice charisma yeah. check or something. Yeah. So, yeah, as I was saying, you have no spell slot costs. You make acids, oils, perfumes, soaps. Yeah. Soaps Super. is not something you ever think about in D&D, but... When's well, the last I just time you washed yourself? I think everybody yeah. just smells. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just constantly. Like, I never remember watching myself in a D&D game. We've slaughtered things. Yeah. We've had, like, prestidigitation. That's probably the cleanest we've gotten. Yeah, this is as close as I'm going to get to cleanliness. Yeah. I guess it depends on how involved your games really are. Like, if you're playing yeah. like, survival mode, yeah. you better wash your hands or you're going to get tapeworm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh my god. I played a character once that was, like, hated being dirty. So she was, every time they went somewhere, I was like, I'm going to go find a bathhouse, or I'm going to go yeah. find myself a river, or I'm going to go X, Y, Z. You just saved yourself so much money on soap. Was, yeah. I know, right? <sighs> I for sure thought you were going to say I played a character once that had a tapeworm. <laughs> I honestly thought she was going to say that too. Yeah. Now I'm going to now I'm going to have to. Yeah. Surprise Adam with that one. Surprise tapeworm. <laughs> <laughs> They're my best friend. Their name is Jeremy. What? <laughs> <laughs> what do you name a tapeworm? I hate it. Oh, fair. So a few examples of DC DCs for creating alchemist concoctions. Would be creating a puff of smoke, it's about a DC of 10. Identifying a poison, another DC of 10. Identifying any particular substance, about a DC of 15. Starting a fire, a DC of 15. Which makes no sense to me, because you have a flame. You're given a flame, you shouldn't cost you a DC of 15 to get yeah. a flame. Mm -hmm. And then to neutralize an acid, a DC of 20. Interesting. Alright, Megan? I have brewer supplies. Um, I feel like I have this because I'm the alcoholic of our group. This would include a large glass jug, a quantity of hops, which is stupid because hops are gross, <laughs> a siphon, and several feet of tubing. <laughs> 
Um, advantages towards, uh, it does give you advantages towards history checks about alcohol. Very okay. specific. Yep. Uh, medicine checks to help alcohol poisoning or use alcohol to dull your pain. So I feel like, do you guys remember at the beginning of the pandemic where every brewery was making hand sanitizer? Hand sanitizer? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm imagining now. And that's the only thing I can yeah. think of is that you were now making medicine tools for your group, right? And then you get persuasion checks in if you used alcohol. Like if, okay. So, yeah. Advantage on your persuasion checks, yeah. basically. Mm. Because you're a, you're a bumbling fool. Yeah. <laughs> that kind alcoholic everyone some reason likes. Yeah. Um, you can create six gallons of water during a long rest or one gallon during a short rest. That's a lot of water to just... Just conjure up out of nothing. Without cost of magic or anything. With your several feet of tubing. Yeah. I'm guessing you're (laughs) boiling it in the glass jug. Where are you getting the original water from? Yeah. You can just create it. It doesn't specify. Similar to the flame. Yeah. No, I wonder if... I feel like it's you took water that wasn't good and then you made it. I believe that's the implication you're supposed to go with. Is that you are now turning this water into either alcohol-based yeah. something, or you can... In my mind, I think you could actually utilize these tools to purify water. Yes. So, like, I think that that's an option that not a lot of people consider that I kind of thought of, is that, like, it's like, oh, well, we don't have... Again, if you're playing a survivalist game, and they're like, okay, well, you don't have any clean water, it's like, okay, I've, don't worry, guys. Yeah, I can... I yeah. have a brewer's supply. I can make us some I water. I can make mm-hmm. us some clean water. I can boil us some water. But then again, it doesn't have an open flame similar to the alchemist yeah. kit. So how are you... How are you supposed to heat oh, that Oh, my up? God, how does this work? <laughs> You need an alchemist kit and a brewer supply. Evidently. You could use magic, but This is getting that's... way too complicated. <laughs> With a DC of 15 to light your open flame. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What do you have, friendo? Uh, I have cook's tools. So mm-hmm. cook tools include a metal pot, knives, forks, a stirring spoon, and a ladle. How convenient, because you're a chef yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's not really a lot to go on, right? Like, I feel like everybody in a D&D game has a knife. And a spoon, like yeah, but you don't want to use your stabbing does, knife. I, there to should make your be. Spoon. <laughs> yeah. Do you get a spoon with your adventure starting adventure pack? I don't. And you don't want specifically know. get a stirring spoon. Yeah, that's very specific. That is very specific. I mean, it's probably like, I don't know like if the you one get the like long a long wooden spoon. Yeah, yeah. I love that you get a ladle. Yeah, no, like, you don't like get a all ladle. you're really going to be making is soup. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably the easiest thing to make out in the wilderness, though. Stews and soups. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, there should be. I feel like you should get a seasoning kit with it, but I mean, that's. Just I know it's so weird that they don't have like spices or herbs as yeah. an option for this. I think that's a missed opportunity for sure. All right, uh, so you get advantages towards history checks relating to social patterns that are part of cultural eating habits, which I can't imagine using ever. But, I mean, it's a cool, deep thought. Uh, you get medicine checks for making medicine more palatable. Survival checks for making nourishing meals out of otherwise useless foraging, which is great for a survival <laughs> setting again. So, literally, just adding, like, flavor to a situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're you're running through the forest and someone's like, oh, well, I go hunting and I find some meat. And then you, as with your cook's tools, like, oh, I can make that taste slightly better yeah. than what you're going to do. Yeah. yeah. You don't get any benefit from it, but it tastes better. But it's going to taste all right. Yeah. And then, like, maybe that's a way that you can get your teammates to like you more, like at the beginning of a campaign. Mm. I feel like these tools are used more at the beginning of your campaign yeah, than at your end for game. the most part, yeah. for yeah. sure. Anyways, go on. Uh, I was also thinking about you could... Uh, combine it with performance when creating a fancy meal you can make something like magical out of the display of it you know like recreating a famous battle out of charcuterie 
Oh my god, I love that. Oh, or now god. I'm imagining, like, I know you can't do this because you don't have an open flame in your cook's kit, mm. which is weird in my mind. Yeah, it's not Again, a weird one. why are we not getting an open flame in, in any cooks, of these? Yeah. But yeah. yeah, but I feel like you could do like those weird, like, um, throwing your food around shows. Oh or yeah. yeah, hibachi grill. That's sort of exactly yeah. what I was thinking of I was thinking hibachi. <laughs> but, but I feel like that requires like a performance check. Yeah. yeah. So it might not work out in your favor. Well, It'll taste a little bit better, but it may not look as good as you think it does. Yeah. yeah. But you're trying to uh, like impress a noble court and you're just flinging onions in people's mouths. Yeah. That would be the only thing I could think for the delicacy one you were saying. Is it a political intrigue campaign when you're trying to find the assassin? from Nation X and you know they always eat with their fork in their left hand and that one person oh, eating right. a fork with their left hand you know they're suspicious now yeah yeah also just knowing that weird piece of etiquette yeah. which mm-hmm. is when you're going to like a different land or you're visiting like your barbarians are gonna be like a fucking brute but you're gonna be there like oh yes I eat with my utensils from left to right like you're gonna know that shit yeah yeah you're gonna do yeah. it proper you're gonna, like, you're gonna hit the barbarian across the face with your ladle and be like get yeah. your shit together my guy <laughs> <laughs> Again, role playing aspects. Yeah, I'd give a weapon score to that ladle if I was the DM. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 1d4. <laughs> Force damage. Yeah. Soup damage, actually. Scoop damage. Yeah. It's fire damage because it's been in the hot soup the whole It wasn't time. in the f- open flame. But now. there's no open flame. You don't have hot soup, you have cold soup. No I'll just flame. steal the open flame from your alchemist head. There you go. So you can also use the cooking tools to create a tasty and healthy meal that will add one additional hit point per hit die spent during a short rest. Okay, Dope. yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. Now what's your next one? Uh, glass blower's tools, which include a blowpipe, a small marvel, whatever the hell that is, something to do with glass blowing, blocks and tweezers. You need a source of heat to work glass, so at least here they don't tell you you have heat, and you can't do it without heat. But yeah, yeah it specifies. It I'm specifies. Sorry. Yeah. You do not get nice. an open flame. But yeah, you don't get an open flame, but you need an open flame. To it's got to be real hot though to make yes. glass. Yes. Oh, very hot. Yeah. Um, so you get advantage towards Arcana and history checks on items related to the study of glass objects, like bottles and windows and potions and stuff like that. You get an investigation check into, advantage on investigation checks into broken glass to figure out what it was and to identify it. Ah, oh, yes, this was a mirror. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, this came from the pottery of a bull. You can also find <laughs> a weakness of glass. glass to determine where you can cause double the damage. Okay. Which that one could actually be highly useful in, depending on the setting, obviously, but you're trying to break a giant glass orb someone's attached in. Yeah. You know the one spot to hit it where the extra damage will occur. Right. I just like I that also... moment of like being in a campaign and then you're saying, come like, I just, I'm very bad at remembering that even my, just my character's abilities, mm-hmm. let alone what this artisan yeah. tool advantage yeah. gives me. Like yeah. I'm just, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm not going to remember that no, shit. But no, but I'll be run what? across that when we're in the middle of a situation where none of us can do anything and we're all panicking. Oh, we're all and I'll be reading sheets. through my character sheet yeah. and I'll be like, wait, yeah. I can do this with glass. Can you guys give me 10 minutes? Yeah, give me a minute. Yeah. So when I look at these, I don't think it's like this is the only way you can use these in relation to each of these. Oh, right? yeah. This, oh, yeah. I think this is meant as just kind of a base that you can build upon. If you can explain it well enough to your DM, they'll generally let you get away with just murder. Just anything. Yeah. yeah. Because I was thinking, like, with the glass blowers tools, you know, um, you might also combine it with stealth. And then you can open a window or break it silently. 
kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. Or if you're on like a mar- like I would say like a marble floor, but like something that's of a glass relation, then you'd be like, okay, well I can tiptoe across it because I know how to step. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, I like that. That's cute. Yes. I guess. Yeah. I guess. You need to be creative and describe it creatively. Mm-hmm. Like, you may yeah. think I can do this, but you need to find at least a bullshit excuse to give your DM. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it comes back to what you were saying about how uh, this is when you're in that weird point of the campaign. Yeah. Where you're like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. And you start looking at your character sheet, trying to figure out why, how this potion of giant strength is actually going to help you in this uh, soft situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. 100%. And it's the worst when you find something that you could have used a hundred times through the campaign to this point that like made your life that? so yeah. much easier. I love that. I had Mason's tools. So a Mason's tools includes a trowel, a hammer, a chisel, brushes, and a square. And I'm assuming they mean like a one of those measuring squares. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is basically like what Dan has in his garage right now. Yes. This is one of these. Uh, it gives you advantage towards history and investigation checks related to stone structures and their age, purpose, and architect. Sure. So, you understand rocks and stuff. Yeah. I do remember I did play a character that had an obsession with architecture, and that came mm. in handy, weirdly enough. No. While, like, traveling through tunnels and things it like that. It seems like one of the more ones that would come in handy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Especially if you do a lot of dungeon delving and dungeons that are, for one, created by your DM and are made of multiple eras. Yeah, or have, like, a history that you can yeah. suddenly be like, okay, well, we are actually in XYZ building. I know how to get out of here because I've researched these kinds of castles. Exactly, yeah. I know where the underground caverns are going to be. Give me a hot minute. I'll figure that out for you. No. I think that that's a good one. Um, with this, you can identify the weaknesses in stonework, which allows you to determine where to hit to cause basically double damage. So similar to the glass one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and again, takes a minute of study. So this, I feel like this one would come in handy because a lot of things in D&D are made of stone. Yes. Yeah. Like, or surrounded by stone. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. It's just canonically, yeah. that's just what, you know, when people are playing, what era, what age, everything's made of rocks. Mm. So I feel like Mason's tools are actually a lot more useful than I thought they were. One of the higher uses ones out there, I would say, thinking about it now. Yeah, because mm. you could even use the trowel, the hammer, the chisel. Any of these things could probably, in your DM, would probably allow you to use them as... Probably take bricks out of the wall with most of those yeah. tools. Yeah. Also, just use them as weapons. Yeah. Mm. Like, if you're ever in one of those situations where, like, you've lost all your weapons, but you still have your belt and your satchel and your bag with you, then you're like, oh, don't worry, guys, I have a trowel. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, a trowel to the eye will take anyone out. Yeah, scoop mm. that shit out with a ladle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a ladle, you got a trowel. We're good. There you go, we're good. Just need the open flame. I always need an open flame. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I got carpenter's tools, which include a saw, a hammer, nails, a hatchet, a square, a ruler, and adds a plane and a chisel which is the most out of all of these so far. Yeah, you get a lot of really nice... Like you get a full-on fucking hatchet in there. That's pretty yeah. dope. Uh, so you get advantages towards history checks to understand uh, the use and origin of wooden buildings and large wooden objects, investigation checks to find concealed areas in wooden structures, perception checks to find trap doors and secret passageways, or stealth checks when walking on wooden floors so you avoid where they creak. I like how that actually specifies that because I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, it could work for glass, but you know what? Fuck it, it works for wooden yeah. floors. Yeah. Like, that just makes sense. I just imagine you when you're a kid and you know where all the creaks and cracks are in your yeah. house. No, like, every you, noisy stair. Yeah, when yeah. you want to go sneak yeah. down and watch your morning cartoons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or you could use it with deception and make a Trojan horse, which is kind of a stretch, but I hey, couldn't man. think of anything else to use it for. Very like clever. I mm. like that. 
Uh, We've never experienced the Trojan horse in any of these worlds, so perfect attack. Yeah, this is the first time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So it also allows you to uh, use one minute to make a door or a window more difficult to open, like you can just barricade yourself inside somewhere, or create a simple shelter as part of a long rest to keep your party party dry and out of the shade. Or in the shade. How fucking useful that is. That's super useful. Holy shit. I feel like a lot of characters I've had have had carpenter's tools, and I had no idea that that was an option. Yeah. Holy mother I know I've had a barbarian and a cleric have carpenter's tools, and I know I never got my advantage, which would have been flat self-rolls for my cleric. Yeah. Yeah. Holy fuck. Tools are useful, guys. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Maybe we should all read what we're supposed to. But, like, you know, when you're doing your character creation, yeah. you're like, okay, I get Carpenter's Cools. Okay, I'll look that up later with yeah. what I get. Yeah. And then you never, never fucking look, look it up. up. Yeah. You're like, I get a bad roll, obviously. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, it doesn't tell you shit in the PHB. No. Like, it's just no. like, this is your tool. You get this. And then it sucks, doesn't even tell you what's inside figure it. Figure it out on your own. It doesn't tell you how you can use it. It's yep. just like, kind of guessing your way. That's what's great about the Xanathar's Guide. It has tons of ideas. Yeah. All right, next up. I have painter supplies. So it includes an easel, a canvas, some paint, some brushes, a charcoal stick, and a palette. You got the brewer's tools, but you didn't get the art tools. I know, like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. So you get uh, an advantage on arcana, history, and religion checks towards the origins or magical properties of a painting or mural. You get investigation and perception check advantages as well to determine what techniques were used in creating paintings or murals. That's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine trying to get Adam to describe me the technique that was used in creating (laughs) a painting. I really want to throw that at him the next time. Like, oh my God. Next time you go to a church, ask about the paintings on the wall. Yeah. And then get the minutia. What technique was here? Was this Baroque or like, what is this? (laughs) When were these paints crafted? Yeah. And are they using heavy metals or bugs as dye? Yeah. Is that an egg wash or what are we using? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) waste two and a half hours of his time. <laughs> I feel like we do that with other things anyways. At least this one. Yeah, it gives another two and a half hours. Yeah, phenomenal. <laughs> so you can quickly create a painting that can capture the similar scene or image or basic copies of other arts. Uh, you can take about 20 minutes, sorry, about 10 minutes to create an actually accurate portrait of someone, which would be quite useful for looking people, looking for people, creating posters, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Yeah. Is there a tool or something in D&D, you guys might have to remind me, that gives you the ability to copy stuff? Forgery kits? Like yeah, forgery, forgery kits. So there is a forgery yeah. kit yeah. specific yeah. to that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just trying to think of Elphabar, and I know that in Elphabar there is, like, the ability to mm-hmm. copy things. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if that... Like, I would almost, as a DM, say that if you can replicate someone's face in art... I feel like you could replicate basic objects as well. Yeah, yeah I would Absolutely. say the same thing, but if I would do it in the, if I had the original, the artist copy, and the forger copy, Yeah. the forger copy and the artist car copy would be hard to tell apart, Yeah. but it'd be a lot harder to tell the forger copy from the original apart. Mm. Very fair. So if you were looking at them, you could tell the artist is the fake easily compared to the other two, Yeah. yeah. but when it's by itself... You could pass it. Yeah. I mean, I would, depending on how complicated it is, you just set a higher DC yeah. or, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I was not given painter's tools, but I have calligraphers uh, supplies. Uh, and as I mentioned, I have played a character that was a calligrapher. <laughs> like, and I, I, it was fun. I enjoyed yeah. it. It includes ink, a dozen sheets of parchment, and three quills, which just seems 
not awesome in comparison to everybody else's tool Yeah. Kit. Seems very boring, you know what I mean? <laughs> However, you do get advantages on arcana checks to decipher and identify magical writings, which, again, a lot of the times... Super useful. That's so fucking useful. Yeah. And no one probably knows that they have this with their collector. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, you also get advantage on history checks to analyze ancient non-magical writings, scrolls, and texts, including runes. Oh. Yeah, that's awesome. Which is a giant's language. Yeah. So, like... It just blows just blows my fucking mind that this shit is in here. Uh, it also allows you to make an intelligence check to examine maps and try to find hidden messages. Mm. Like, what the fuck? Yep. How fu- Again, you don't get a lot of tools. Yeah. yeah. But, like, the advantages yeah, but the, you get. You get you some of the best advantages yeah. so far, at least. Right? Yeah, and you can forge notes with that as well, or at least I would... Yeah. I would like, allow that, yeah. yeah. Or like forge maps. Like, if you've seen a map once, you can now redraw it later. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then... Yeah change some things around so it leads people astray yeah that kind of shit yeah anyways yeah all right be uh, a calligrapher yeah that's <laughs> a good one so potter's tools uh potter's tools include potter's needles a little ribs, lightning bolt on your forehead it's great yeah. potter, potter. <laughs> glad that we all tried that phenomenal uh potter's tools include potter's needles ribs scrapers a knife and calipers that gives you advantage towards history checks relating to identifying ceramic objects and details about their origin. Investigation and perception checks used to uncover clues hidden in pottery, clayworks, and ceramics. Or, you know, I make deceptions for making a convincing copy of something, right? Like, pretty much any of these I feel like you can use to create forgeries of something. Replications. Replications. Yeah. Yeah. Replications. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Uh, they also have the identifiability where... Using just a shard from a piece of broken ceramics, you can... You can you tell would, what, made yeah, what it was. what it was, what it was used for, and, like, the shape. Oh, this was a water pitcher. Yeah. Like the broken edge. <laughs> this clay was pulled out of the river sticks. For those of you that couldn't see, <laughs> James literally just tried to lick a piece of pottery. <laughs> That's how you would do it. Tastes like a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my Tastes God. like a poison vial falls no. over. <laughs> now I feel like, because we did talk about the role-playing aspects of these things, we can get really fucking weird with this show. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. So, if you guys want to hear from us, talk to us, send us messages, please do so through Instagram, Facebook, and our It's a Mimic on Reddit. We also have an email if you want to send us mailbag questions, thoughts, feelings, emotions. If you want to make fun of Adam, please email us at info at itsamimic.com. We do love to hear from you folks. We do tend to do mailbags quite often. I think we've recorded up to where now we're over 20 episodes of mailbag episodes yep. answering all your fun little questions for us. So please feel free to ask anything. We're pretty much open books at this point. You know more about our lives than I care. <laughs> but absolutely, reach out, chat with us, tell us when we're wrong, remind us how to say the word key. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, what was that, Kai? It's not Kai. Yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck out. I'm pretty sure it's Kai. Just because your name is Kyle. <laughs> I hope your character dies, Kyle. Which one? I wish Whatever one you on care the... most about. Oh, no. A curse on all both your houses. Yeah. <laughs> and your dog, too. Leave the dog out of it. Yeah. What did he he doesn't do? have a donkey to curse. Mm. So. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Oh, you have to curse the animals anyway. So, leather worker tools... It comes with a knife, a small mallet, an edger, a hole puncher, thread, and leather scrapes. These just sound like torture tools to yes. me, right? Mm. Yeah. 
You get advantage towards Arcana investigation to any magical related leather objects. Somewhat useful. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember many leather magic objects that it's aren't armor yeah. that we're going to yeah. be putting on right away. And I like how it's very specific that it's related to inspecting magical leather objects. Yeah. Not just, you, you don't know anything about regular no, it leather it is a magical <laughs> leather object. So that's it. Only Sucks magic. to be you. <laughs> you can also identify the source of the hide and the technique used and the culture used in making it. So, like, roleplay-wise, you can be a, like, leather tanner, so you get these materials in. That could be part of your background to give yeah. you a reason why you do this. You meet your barbarian, and you're like, oh, what great, le- like, what great leather you yeah, have. Like, I can tell this have. is made by artisan, blah, 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 so blah. So, when you yeah. die, can I have your skin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was also thinking, like, you could play a torturer, and they have these things because they make stuff out of... Of the There's skin so of the many animal-based creatures too <laughs> that would be used for furs and leather if they were normal animals. So mm-hmm. I don't see why it doesn't happen more in D and D personally. Uh, there's more important things to do in D and D. That's yeah. why. Let's be real. I feel like it's just like eventually I'm just gonna play a campaign where you get nothing but tools. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all of it is tools. <laughs> all you get is tools. No weapons. No armor. Just tools. Yeah. Figure your shit out. So yeah. it's Minecraft, but D and D. Oh, that's. <laughs> I've created Minecraft. Yep. <laughs> I've got weaver's tools. So this includes uh, thread, needles, and scraps of cloth. You know how to work a loom, which is pretty cool. I mean, when that becomes relevant, yep. we'll find out. But of course, carrying a, a loom is impossible. Unless in my mind, you throw it in a bag of holding. Can you throw a loom into a bag of holding? I feel like it's too big. I feel like it's probably what just... What about a small loom? A small loom you could probably... I'm not imagining having like a small loom just to make like little cloths. Yeah, yeah. little tablecloths. Little, t- yeah, <laughs> little bibs. I, I love making bibs. <laughs> uh, you get advantages towards arcana and history checks to understand the significance in, significant info about cloth items like robes and cloaks. So similar to like the leather... You can now look at someone's magical cloak and be like, ah, I see this was threaded by XYZ artisan. (laughs) Uh, You also get advantage on investigation checks to find clues and hidden messages in tapestries, upholstery, clothing, and other woven items. Mm. Which I think is pretty interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, very similar to some of the other tools. It'd be very handy and random that you would forget. You'd probably forget that you had this capability and then... Your DM is just like, look at this beautiful yeah. fucking tapestry. Clues everywhere. This and the cloth, whole party is forgotten. This cloth tapestry. <laughs> I, I am playing Dungeon of the Mad Mage right now. And where we are, there's a shitload of tapestries around us. There you go. Uh, you should probably check them out, Kyle. Yeah, Does well, actually, have we did. And, and one of them was like a secret passage thing. There of course. Yeah. Love that. I love that. Um, you can use the ability to repair. So during a short rest, you can repair a single damaged cloth item. So, like, you know, if your bib rips, you yep. can get it repaired. And then you can have the ability to create. So, if you have the sufficient materials, you can make clothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I just this is this is your just sitting there yeah, crocheting. Just doing for something because your you're bored. Yeah. yeah. I can do this. I'm building clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to be a tailor, but then I decided to become an adventurer. Yeah. <laughs> Randomly one day. Yeah. I'm like, no, you're just traveling just to like show off your clothes and your wares. Yeah. So you're constantly <laughs> popping up garage sales everywhere you go. You I got used like, to a little be table. An adventurer like... till I took an arrow to the loom. <laughs> till I had to died to get a smaller loom to travel. <laughs> To make my bibs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I had jeweler's tools. Yep. So jeweler's tools consist of a small saw, 
hammer, the files, pliers, and tweezers. Training with these will allow you to modify gems to increase their sale value and an easier time in identifying precious stones. So you get advantages towards arcana checks for determining magical properties or applications of gems, investigation checks on determining hidden clues in jeweled objects, or you could also mix it with like nature to give you advantage on finding places that you could have it mined. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you know where to find a diamond. Yeah. If you needed to. Or you're like, that looks like a likely place to... Find a diamond worth a thousand gold so you can resurrect your party member. Yeah, Heyo! And it also allows you to easily identify gems and their value. There you go. I, I don't know. I like the fact that you can determine magical properties and applications of gems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool. That's cool. Because huh? you don't really have to play it almost as like a, this has the magical capability, not like identify where you like yeah. this is a magical capability, but almost like in a witchcraft way mm -hmm. of like this rose quartz that you have. It's going to bring balance to your life. Yeah. It's really good at channeling <laughs> fire magic kind of deal. Yeah. This will bring balance to your chakra. Yeah. If you let this, if you rest this on your forehead for 24 yeah. hours, you will suddenly be able to see green. <laughs> but I can already see green. You'll see it better. Yeah. You'll see the real green. Yeah. The truest of greens. The truest of true. <laughs> the true true. <laughs> What's next? Smith tools will be next. It includes hammer, tongs, charcoal, rags, and a whitstone. You get advantage on arcana and history checks that examine metal objects. You get investigation check to find clues in armor, weapons, and other metal works. Um, the use of an open flame restores 10 hit points to a damaged metal object for each hour it's worked. So this may not come into play in most campaigns. I know most DMs don't have HP damage for weapons, mm -hmm. but those that do, you have a way to repair them now. That's cool. Uh, you can restore a broken piece of equipment as well and using the same uh, hit point method. Uh, to sharpen a blade, it's about a DC of 10. Repairing a suit of armor is about a DC of 15. Mm -hmm. And sundering a non-magical object is also about a DC of 15. Those are pretty high DCs. They are. For tools. Yeah. Like, I can understand repairing armor at a DC of 15. That's fair. That's supposed to keep you alive. Yeah. Sharpening a blade, I don't think should be a DC of 10. Just yeah. anyone can do it. Yeah. And breaking a metal object that isn't magic. Once again, if you have an open flame, I think anyone can do it. Mm. Get it hot, hit it in the middle. It's kind of done. But as we've learned, getting an open flame is hard to come by, yes. yeah. In my tool kits, But it says you have to use an open flame with this one. Oh, nice. Son of a bitch. You get charcoal, though. You get so charcoal, yes. It's pretty easy you don't have the flame light. to light yeah. the charcoal, but... But she there. Yeah. She if you there. have an alchemist, you have your open flame, you have your charcoal. I like how we're all relying on the <laughs> I alchemist. Feel, I feel like you guys are too caught up on the open flame thing. <laughs> It just like, it's not that hard to find a flame in Dungeons it was about and Dragons. An open flame. Yeah. But, like, that's the thing. Me. It's like, I feel like we're going with the assumption that we're always going to have the ability to light a fire somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, in the alchemist tools, Needs an you open specifically flame. get an open yeah. flame. And it's not like you get a Bunsen burner or a tool to house an open flame. It's just an open it's flame. Just Are you sure? Flame. I Okay, so. According to what Adam wrote down, we can probably uh, actually. Uh, it's a metal frame to hold a beaker in place over an open flame. Huh? I didn't copy that right. <laughs> we're, obs we're obsessing over this for no reason. We're going to keep obsessing over it. How very dare. All right, moving on. Tinkerer's mm. tools. So this includes a variety of hand tools. So thread, needles, a whetstone, scraps of cloth and leather, and a small pot of glue. This is a hodgepodge of bullshit. This yeah. is like your mm. little, 
your kid's toolbox of random popsicle sticks and shit yeah. that you get. The rest crafts. of the crafters get yeah. scraps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it does give you advantages on history checks to know the age and origin of an object, even if you only have small pieces of it. So similar to like the the ceramics or whatever, yeah. like knowing the, that little bit of history is pretty cool just by having a small piece of it. Um, you get advantage on investigation checks to know how an object was damaged. Which I think is really cool. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess if you're a tinkerer, you're constantly deconstructing things. So you kind of have that understanding of how things break down. Yeah. Right? right? That's how I play it in my head anyways. You get the ability to repair. So the use of an open flame <laughs> <laughs> to restore 10 hit points to a damaged metal object for each hour of work. Other objects can be repaired for 10 hit points per hour as long as you have the raw materials. So you basically repair things. Yeah. 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 That's kind of good. I mean, it steals quite a bit from the Smith's tools. Yeah, for sure. And it seems to add to it, but... Yeah. Would you rather a Smith's tool kit or would you rather a Tinkerer's kit? I, think... I feel like Tinkerer's kit is better of the two. Yeah. Because you have more options. Yeah. I just like saying Tinker. Tinkerer. Fair. It's oh, a fun word. All right. Uh, Woodcarver's tools consist of a knife, a gouge, and a small saw, allowing you to craft specialized pieces from wood, like arrows and various small carvings. You get advantage towards arcana and history checks when examining wooden objects, including arrows, uh, but I'm guessing it's small yeah. items, right? You also get an advantage to nature check when inspecting trees because of your deep knowledge of the woods, which I don't really get that one, but I mean, it seems kind of a stretch. But I was also thinking maybe you could use investigation for when looking for like secret buttons and stuff. For doors like small yeah. little carvings that just i feel like it's out. inspecting trees in use to your craft yeah it's not what's... inspecting trees to say oh this tree has a secret knot is that this tree's really good for making a bow out of yeah or yeah. i can make a i can make a house out of this it'll be strong yeah. it'll be sturdy or we can use these leaves here from these this tree because they're water resistant like that's the yeah kind of that's shit that the, what i was yeah. thinking like right. survivalist yeah. stuff right yeah yeah uh, you also get the ability to repair, so during a short rest, you can repair a single damaged wooden item, or you can create. So during a short rest, you can craft up to five arrows, or during a long rest, you can craft up to 20. You need enough wood on hand to do it, so be in a forest. Similar with other ones that say you're going to repair during a short rest, like one single object, that makes no sense to me. It shouldn't take the same time for me to repair a single arrow as it would a kite shield. Yeah. But you, have to, you craft up to five arrows. But during a single short rest, you can repair one item. Okay. So I can repair one arrow, or craft five, or repair one kite shield. Fair which enough. is as six feet plus tall. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Where's the science in that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like if you're a DM, you could be like... It'll be hand for it, sure, right? but yeah. there's some DMs that are like, nope, the rules state. Rules as written. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what's next? What's next is cartographer's tools. It consists of a quill, ink, parchment, a pair of calipers, a compass, and a ruler. How fun. You have advantage on arcana, history, and religion checks used to decipher significance or magical details about a map. That's cool. Nature checks mm -hmm. for solving issues related to the terrain. Survival checks for relating... Relating to finding settlements, navigating trade routes, and preventing from getting lost in the wilderness, you're able to create maps. Which, one of the biggest things, no matter what area you have, if you have a map, you can get places. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I feel like this is 
really useful. Yeah, yeah, this is more than just tactical use. As a party, you can use these maps that when you explore dungeons to sell to the town later, you can have a way of income for the party, too. Yeah, I played in a, one of my L5R campaigns, I played a character who for her clan, developed the ability to build maps. Because they lived in the middle of a forest. Mm -hmm. So she mapped the forest, did all these things, taught everybody else how to be cartographers, ended up developing a cartography school that is now in the campaign constantly. Like this, this clan yeah. now has cartographers, and they are the number one like world-renowned cartographers. Yeah. Just because my old fucking character had a cartography kit. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to fucking use this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, for examples of DCs towards it, you can determine the age of a map, DC of 10, estimate the direction or distance to a landmark, a DC of 15, which seems a little high yeah. to me. Yeah. Discern the map, if a map is fake, a DC of 15. That one kind of makes sense. But, like, it does, specifically, you get advantage on survival checks for finding settlements and navigating trade routes. Yeah. I feel like that seems really high. Yes. If, for the fact that, that you get advantage on this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's just... Yeah. And then you can fill in the missing parts of a map for a DC of 20. Which, fair. You're, just You're estimating shit. things in yeah. a DC of 20 to this get is, it right. This is where you would need the sextant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Navigation yeah. via the stars. Exactly. <laughs> but as tools go, I think it's one of the better ones. Uh, useful, especially yeah. for like yeah, it's one of the more useful in a, in a general everyday campaign. Like mm. all of these have extreme use when you read the minute details that we haven't read before. But yeah. in your regular on the road again yeah. kind of campaign, this is very useful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. If there's a high amount of exploration, for sure. Finally, we come to the cobbler's tools, which Fix my are, shoes. Yeah. Uh, so the cobbler's <laughs> tools consist of a hammer, an awl, a knife, a shoe stand. A cutter, spare leather, and thread. So also sounds like torture implements. All of these could be torture implements, yeah. okay? Yeah, With okay. the right mindset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> terrible people. <laughs> I'm a good person. Uh, yeah, we have the right mindset. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't kick shame. Go on. That doesn't make you a good person, necessarily. Doesn't make me a bad person, though. No. It's like one small step. But, I mean, you know what? You know, it's not a bad person, though. Uh, Good person. Exactly. So, <laughs> with the cobbler's tools, you can get advantage on arcana and history checks when identifying magical footwear. When you pair it with investigation checks relating to or determining where someone has been based on the dirt or wear on their shoes, which seems like kind of a stretch. That's like but... some kind of like CSI shit. Yeah. yeah. Right? Oh, this... This clay. I know this. I would know this anywhere. This is the dirt Talk before the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I was also thinking you could use it with deception for making like a false trail when you're going through the forest. Oh, or something that's like fair. That. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you get a couple of abilities with it. You can either maintain. So uh, you can maintain up to six creature shoes as part of a long rest. This lets them travel up to 10 hours a day without making a saving throw against exhaustion. It's actually pretty good. That's yeah. an interesting thing yeah. to have. What it says eight creatures' shoes, correct? Six creatures. Six creatures' shoes. Creature shoes. Yeah. yeah. So a four-legged creature, would that count as two sets or one? You're talking about like horseshoes and shit? Not necessarily horseshoes, but yes. Like there's other creatures that would have four legs. Boots, yeah. is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it has to be an actual boot, right? But as long as it's a leather-based boot, you would assume no matter how many... 
I love that you're putting boots on your minotaur. Yeah. yeah. Or centipede creature. Hundred. Yeah. But only has boots so, on six. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's my question. Can I have boots on all a hundred and they still be maintained in that one creature bracket? Uh, no, no, no. No, I think it's going under the assumption that it's two feet per creature. So if you wanted something with a four-legged creature that so wears shoes... So it would take shoes, up two slots. I don't even know a four-legged creature that wears shoes. However, if it was a centipede, the shoes would be very small. Yeah. So maybe you could whip through them faster. I don't know. The, like, We're getting this, into the yeah, so, so small. For sure. <laughs> and I'm here for it. 100%. <laughs> this is something I would bug Adam for a good half hour in a campaign oh, about. 100%. <laughs> So if you guys want to hear us just talk about shoes for different creatures, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> we can make an episode that. just for that. We may actually have to make one. <laughs> oh my and do God. it. So you also get the create ability. So you can create a hidden compartment in a shoe, like the heel of a shoe, that is one inch wide, one inch tall, and three feet long. Or three inches three long. Three long. inches. Three oh, inches long. <laughs> Put so, those inside your centipede yeah. shoes. <laughs> One hundred three foot swords. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. However, comma, I also enjoy the idea of just like the the three inch long hundred blades. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. tiny centipede. Just... <laughs> hundred blades just coming at you. The uh, deadliest assassin in all of the Forgotten Realms. This fucking centipede <laughs> with leather boots. And three inch. <laughs> They'll never hear him coming. Yeah. I don't know if this is what we would describe as great inspiration for really? others, but you're welcome for that. <laughs> we can inspire them not to do what we're doing. Yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> okay, so after having gone through all these tools and their uses, do you guys think that this will affect your character creation from now on? 100%. I think so too. Yeah, now that I've, now that I've read more deeply into yeah. them and knowing that there's actual like advantages and disadvantages to your toolkits other than just having a fucking hammer in your bag, like yeah. it's pretty dope. Yeah. Like the um uh the cartographer's one. One of the more useful ones by far, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and just like, yeah, being able to identify objects, even though they're like very yeah. specific to a type, like I feel like that's something that happens a lot. Yeah. Even with like the, the gems and gemstones, like mm -hmm. understanding the magical components of a gem feels useful to me at somewhere. You know, yeah. it's yeah. going to happen. Even able to price them to sell them. The number of gems you run across in oh. the campaign, you have to argue with the local salesperson to get a good deal. Well, now you mm. know how much this gem is worth. Yeah, you rock yeah. up Excellent. with your magnifying yeah. glass. Yeah, you like, be like, bitch, please, here's my guild card. Suck yeah. it. Here's my guild card. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, so is there anything else you guys like to address? Or any comments, concerns? Not really. I mean, no. yeah. at the end of the day, like, I feel like we went from, we're talking about monks and monk shit and then into like the tools that they use. So I feel like we do have to like bring it back to the fact that your monk will be choosing some of these. Yeah. Yeah. So is there one here particularly that you would pair with the monk? Ooh, that is a good question. Uh, I mean, with this particular flavor tools? of monks. Weavers, yeah. Yeah, leather workers. I would do the calligraphy. Calligraphy, yeah. yeah calligraphy I feel like calligraphy would be a good one. Like they would constantly be like writing out their mantras or like drawing their things out. And then of course the ability to um, analyze ancient non-magical writings and scrolls and texts. I feel 
and like being able to understand runes, yeah. I feel fits really nicely into, especially because if you're worshiping a dragon, dragons fight giants, you kind of understand the rune mm-hmm. language. Like it just feels like that one fits. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I was thinking painter mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. to depict these epic battles between dragons and their foes and how great they are. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think you can make a convincing case for any of them. Because when I imagine a monastery, I imagine there's only monks there, right? So mm-hmm. they have to kind of fill every role inside the monastery themselves. Yeah. There's going to be a club for everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the cool kids. Yeah. I'm doing the painting. Right. All right. So that's all for this discussion on monks for now. We've got a lot more ground to cover for player options and rule breakdowns. So subscribe or follow and check back regularly to see what inspirations and insights we'll have for you in the future. Next week, we'll be looking into another kind of martial class, the fighter. Thanks for listening to another episode of the It's Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website at www.itsamimic.com, as well as a store for some awesome merch. We also rely on word of mouth to get the podcast out there to the community. So please pass the word to everyone you know that we're available on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as most podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. This has been an It's a Mimic production. Inquiries, requests, and questions for our mailbags can be sent to info at itsamimic.com. What's one, like, what, like, is there a tool that you have in your life that you can't live without? Pizza wheel. A pizza, like, actually, like a pizza cutter wheel? Yeah, I mean... Do you make a lot of homemade pizza, is that why? I wouldn't say homemade, but I take it up and warm it in my oven, yes. Oh. But, I mean, I love the pizza wheel. It's only for one thing. Yeah. Like, they invented Fair. a whole tool. So is there a pizza wheel a in D&D 5th edition? Do you think there should be? Uh, I'm sure if there's a pizzeria, there would have to be a... Do they have yeah. pizza in D&D? Have you, yeah. ever, have you ever had pizza in D&D? As a I've never paid attention to the food I've eaten in D&D. Yeah. Mm. But you could, and then you could double it as a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> For <laughs> me, it's probably my like clippers. Yeah. Clippers? Yeah, my metal clippers. Like wire clippers. I use them to cut my nails. I use them to cut wire. They're my go-to, like, snipping Wow. Sorry, you Thing. use your wire cutters to cut your nails? Yeah, I have really thick thumbnails and toenails, so yeah. it breaks normal scissors. So I've always had to use those like hard chopped down ones. Oh. I broke a set of those, and my wire cutters seem to cut through it a lot easier. I was going to say, hold up, you use scissors? <laughs> well, like <laughs> nail scissors. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is not getting any better. <laughs> Never said it would be good. <laughs> oh man, I use Windex on everything. I would use Windex is like my tool. Fair. Right. Yeah. It's just a general yeah. great cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. I like how they like slap the word multi-purpose on it, but I'm pretty sure it's the same formula. Yeah. Who uses Windex for cleaning anything else? I don't like, Everything. You can clean everything with Windex. Yeah. Can you? What? Why not? Yeah, why not? It's just right. disinfectant cleaner. You can clean anything with yeah, it. Yeah, I guess Scum so. and grime I mean, doesn't yeah. leave streaks. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's better things for certain materials overall, but mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, general, I just use vinegar and water. Okay, that's too yeah. environmental. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I like cheaper. my ozone burn <laughs> so. personally. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just kill the environment. Ooh. You're just I'm not choosing. Sure I understand. 
Sorry, Siri. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Let me just remove that. All right. Well. Yeah. Post credit tangent. Warm up. That's how we get our. That's how we get the juices. How we've always done okay, this, Kyle. All right, all right. Is it like? Your, is it your first day? Kyle? Stop yelling at me. <laughs> this is me projecting my voice. I'm not yelling. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> this is the no bullying zone. Um, I think you're in the wrong group for the no bullies. No, yeah. we can, we bully. We just don't kink shame. There's a difference. Yeah, there's a difference, okay. Kyle. Yeah. Okay, of course. Absolutely. So that was the tangent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm okay with that being the tangent. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <clears throat> Thanks for listening. Bye.